we kind of put that expectation on Lent, but God isn't always going to say like every single Lent has to look like that, but we put that expectation on it. So I think for me, it was coming to terms with the fact that this Lent and last Lent look differently, but that there was so much beauty in the places that God was asking me to grow. Hey everyone, welcome back to Valdoco. I'm Amy. I'm Vicky. And I'm Father Steve. Hey, happy Lent. Happy Lent, everybody. <laughs> Hope it's going okay. For some of us, it's not. We'll talk about but that. But we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Work through it. But first, we want to hear from somebody that actually is having a good Lent. Mm. Set a positive tone. Who could that Set be? Set a positive tone <laughs> that it is possible to have a good Lent. And, uh, she should be sandwiched. She... <laughs> yeah, between two <laughs> negative reviews and one positive review. <laughs> so here we are in the final full week of Lent, right? That's sad. That's... Why yeah. do you have to start with hurtful things <laughs> like that? <laughs> we'll start with great things we're going to talk about. Yeah. And we're <laughs> still continuing with our journey of the Stations of the Cross. So today we're actually going to do Stations 11 and 12. And uh, that'll lead us up into our final week and then entering into Tridium. But before we begin praying through Stations 11 and 12 and um, you know going through that uh, that reflection, we're going to have a spend a little time just kind of have a little wrap up of uh, how has Lent been going, what are the good and the bad, what have we learned, what have we succeeded in, where have we failed, where has grace been, where have we encountered God, whatever we want to share, whatever's there, no? Whatever's That's there. That's deep. Yeah. So I'll go first. <gasps> wow. I'll go first. because Leader. It's a, it's a negative. And then Amy will go. I bet you has a pen too. Leaders bring pens. Leaders, Leaders bring pen. bring pens. <laughs> so my, my Lent has not been, it's not been good. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to disappoint. It's not been This good. is a hot take. <laughs> In the sense, it's been good because it's beautiful experiences, but I feel like I've been super inconsistent, mm-hmm. not being able to even just re- even remember what my challenges are. I've been up and down and back and forth. Um, so I had beautiful experiences, right? Obviously, we had the Legion Leadership Retreat. Uh, my sister got married, which was amazing. I, I was Congratulations. There. Yeah. Congratulations, Erica. Send us a picture because Father Steve didn't send us a picture. <laughs> I don't have the pictures yet. When don't I get worry, the he pictures, had pictures of himself. When, <laughs> I had one picture. Fit check. So anyways, we had the LR and then I went straight to my sister's wedding. And then I went down to Ecuador for a mission trip with Focus. Um, so like beautiful experiences, but uh, I don't know. I guess when you have expectations on what your Lent is supposed to be, and when you think about like the challenges that you want to do or what you, I don't know, want to accomplish in Lent, and I think maybe that's the biggest, I don't know, understanding or come to like a recognition that when I go into Lent wanting to accomplish something, right, I'm always going to feel, because then I'm, I'm in control. So I want my Lent to be like this. I'm going to follow these challenges. I'm going to do this. And this Lent, I, I barely did anything. Uh, my room is actually still uncleaned. Thank God you didn't die. <laughs> that is like the best thing you've ever said. That's the so best thing you've ever said. Do you room? feel affirmed right now? Yeah, I do. I feel like a little seen. Like mine, I've been unpacked still from the leadership <laughs> <laughs> or from my grandparents' house. Yeah, so my room is still not not cleaned, and um, yeah, just little things. You know, little things that I wanted to do or I did for a day, but then. Yeah, just moving. So moving from the leadership retreat, which was was beautiful, a lot of encounter with God. I grew from that moment. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But um, I don't know when, just not not Lenten, you know, not or not Lent like I wanted it to be. And then going to my sister's wedding, my dad was, you know, <laughs> my dad was very much because he was also doing Lent. But he was like, Jesus says, when you're in the presence of the bridegroom, you're not supposed that. to fast. And I was like, okay, daddy. He's kind of talking about himself. <laughs> okay, daddy. <laughs> yeah, daddy, let's but go. Put I, the Bible to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then I jumped on board with him and uh, just had a good family celebration, good. Uh, which was beautiful. Uh, but then, okay, I'm tired. And, and then a couple days home and then going straight to Ecuador. And then there, okay, really experiencing suffering and poverty. And, and it was a beautiful Lenten, a lot of prayer. I was the only priest there, so I, you know, was able to celebrate confession and mass every day and adoration every day with, with thirty five students from University of Wisconsin, and uh, so again, beautiful experience, but just I just don't feel connected. You know, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I have a routine. I don't feel connected. I feel 
kind of up and down. Um, so kind of hoping that this week can be a week of at least sit down, reflect, spend some more time in silence, uh, hopefully do a little writing and kind of figure out what I just experienced over these last three weeks. Because I know God was there, a lot of moments of, of growth and um, definitely affirmation in like my priesthood and being a Salesian and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I just need some time now to enter in, especially the last week of Lent. Um, so yeah, right now on the service, Lent has been not what I expected and feeling kind of exactly. Eh. <laughs> but, uh, but I know God was there and I know there's been growth, but just need some time to kind of finish strong and, and reflect. So that's where I'm at. And yeah. What about Amy? Sandwich. Where's Amy at? <laughs> it's funny because I do feel a lot of the same ways that you are sharing. I think that Lent is very, it can be very cut and dry of how it looks. And so you grow up in the faith thinking it's it's supposed to look a certain way every single year. Like you're supposed to be able to really pinpoint like these are the things that I didn't do during Lent and these are the things that I cut out and I sacrificed and kind of like this desert lacking. But I think as I'm like getting older and hopefully the faith is maturing a little bit in me, I feel like it looks a little bit less cut and dry because like we, like you said, like we kind of put that expectation on Lent, but God isn't always going to say like every single Lent has to look like that, but we put that expectation on it. So I think for me, it was coming to terms with the fact that this Lent and last Lent look differently but that there was so much beauty in the places that God was asking me to grow. So I really enjoyed that we did the weekly challenges because it's hard because it's like, no, I want to do 40 days of like one or two of these things. And there were some things that, that I have been doing on my own for like the extension of it. But to be able to focus on something different every week really allowed me to kind of have like like buffet style of like all these different areas that I need to grow and which places do I want to continue to put the effort in, which can I take with me, which kind of served me as a lesson for that moment, but like which long term can I keep using and things like that. So um, for me, the the one hour phone free, um, which was my first challenge, that's a hard thing for me to, to do like long term um, because it's to really take the time every single day, like I would have to carve out if I did that long term to like wake up early or something like that. So it would be a little bit more of a commitment. But for that week, it really did teach me a lot about myself and how I try to distract myself in different ways from talking to God. And even when I'm in prayer, how I'm going to do like everything I can to not be quiet. So I feel like that was a really good like learning experience for me to like reconfirm those things and then to see okay, maybe if I can't do an hour, maybe every single day for my life right now, like what can um, I take away from that and to utilize in my life to create more spaces of silence. Um, and then the second takeaway for me was to do confession during that week. But because that was a one day thing to do, what I did leading up to it was I actually did like every single night an examination of conscience and I actually went to confession on Tuesday. So I had seven straight or six straight days of doing that. And it really did impact my confession was like very intentional, very much in light of that past week and what I had reflected on in those specific areas that I was struggling. So it was beautiful because that's a practice a lot of Catholics have, but not one that I actually have to do an examination every single night. And then the next week was to refrain from gossip slash judgment. And what I opted to do that week was every single time that I wanted to say something about someone, I said a Hail Mary for that person instead. And it was beautiful because I have never said Hail Marys for those people that many times in my life. And like <laughs> it really just turned into like this beautiful moment of being like, how many people in my life do I take for granted and do I not? pray for because maybe they're not my friend, maybe they're not my family, but like they're important people in my life. And I'm just not saying a prayer for these people. Um, so it's this beautiful moment. And I think it's something that I do want to take going forward. Not that I'm going to be perfect, but to actually sit and pray with these people who are in my life. 
Sorry, this is long because I'm going through each. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I'm right. locked in. <laughs> and then um, my next week was to help one person a day or do like a random act of kindness, something like that. And I was laughing with Vicky yesterday because I told her about my experience with this. And, you know, as a Catholic, I try to default kindness whenever possible. Again, obviously mess up a lot. But like that's usually my my attempted default. So I was trying to do something in addition to like moments I would already choose kindness. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I need to I need to find a homeless person. Like I need to give someone money right now. Or like I, I don't want to like drive through right now, but maybe I should go to a drive through because maybe I should pay for the person behind me. Like I was trying to find these situations that are what I usually think of when I think of like a random act of kindness because I couldn't find an opportunity in my day to like do something outside of what I would normally do. And then I just realized that it does not need to be this grand like gesture of kindness that the world would be like, wow, that was so kind. Like it could really just be the smallest thing in my day, but at least I was choosing one extra moment to like do a kind thing. Um, so that that was hard for me to like come to terms with, but I think it's better that way. Like it really does not need to be. Also, this I'm pretty sure that was the thing. SLR week that we were on retreat. I think it was. Yes, maybe. Yep. I think it was. Maybe. And so you were really nice. <laughs> you were very kind. <laughs> you uh, really took care of us. So uh, <laughs> it worked. But, you know, but I love that. Yeah. So um, and then very last one. Almost over. Sorry. So and then my this last week, so finished yesterday, was praying for the needs of the world. And I think that was like one of my most genuine like moments of prayer that I've had in my life because I really just started just like listing off everything that I could think of, like places that have war going on, places that, you know, have violence, people who have, you know, felt any sort of like despair or hopelessness or not feeling love, like just trying to think of like every situation in the world of people who I know, people who I don't know, like people who I've heard about. And to just like start saying all these things from the heart instead of trying to like say normal practice things that I say. So it was just a beautiful opportunity for me to to actually practice like that actual dialogue of just like genuine conversation. So not that I'm going to do all of these things for the rest of time, but I do think that they allowed me to grow and experience God in different ways that I wouldn't normally have in a Lent because normally I would try to just impose this is how I'm doing one. Sorry, that was really long. I'll try not to stop apologizing <laughs> this episode. Stop. I think, yeah, I feel like what you shared in the beginning is so helpful of even just like the, I don't know, the perspective, the change of perspective because I definitely was more like Father Steve where I have this idea, which I think is why I struggle with the like liturgical seasons of like Advent and Lent. Like I can think about how Advent was for me and I was like, ugh. I just can't wait to go home. <laughs> like I was just ready like <laughs> to go to my church and have like my like Christmas Eve mass with my family, like all those things. Like it wasn't about the season. And I feel like it's probably because I do put an expectation and I try not to and I don't want to, but I it's not past the brain part yet. Like that's still how like the lens that I'm looking through these liturgical seasons like is through this like what's the expectation and i like live in low expectation but still with faith i'm like hi i got this i'm gonna be in the desert yeah right but um yeah i think just similar like looking through my challenges some of them were um i think yeah first day i was like okay this is what i'm gonna do and i could see how it would easily work in my life which like was not on purpose it just like was how things fell um i think i am trying to grow like in awareness um in general um but then even like the more practical ones, like there was one of like, okay, praying uh, intentional prayer with a friend. Like that was something we had built into core team. And again, like we had recorded before and then being on core team. And then like, that was my challenge. And I was like, wow, I got to do that in, you know, like a really authentic way, not on purpose, but like that was what we wanted to do. We wanted to prove like in the business, we could be still. And so that was really nice that I could see that. Um, and then being quiet, I don't always have to talk. Wow. Well, if anybody knows me, talk a lot. Um, so yeah, that was hard, I think. But again, like, I think I was trying to be aware of it for the first day or just trying to be aware of like the words that I was using at least. 
Um, and then the next one for me was being present. I also, um, after the leadership retreat, um, went and saw my grandparents um, in North Florida. And, you know, like when you're with family, and then I think especially like older members of your family, you just naturally want to be more present, you know? And so, like it was only like, okay, reading a book or on my phone or... I don't know, whatever. Those are the two things that I was doing there um, when they were busy or when they were doing something else. And I was like, okay, there's like a moment to like sit at the table and like do this or, you know, whatever. They weren't around. Um, and so it was really easy to do that, which was nice. Um, and I, I think uh, it was a good moment for me to think about like all the ways that I, yeah, I think like Amy had said, like use noise as a, as a distraction in my day that I think I could actually carve out, okay, maybe like, I did, not that I don't touch my phone because I think, you know, that's a normal part of our day now um, to incorporate some sort of communication and like I'm not near family. And so like that is where my family is like talking through. But again, that could also be used as an excuse of like, ex there's still like, there's still like excess in those moments. Um, and so like just being aware and just like trying and was good, but still that it's, I don't know there's just this difficulty with Lent of like, you want it to be really meaningful and you want it to be like, or I want it to be really transformative and I want it to be this like, okay, deepening of faith. And I think those things happen again, like Father Steve was saying of, you know, God was present and I'm so aware of his presence and of the way that he like works through people and, and works through our preparations. And I mean, and just in general that because there's an openness, like I can really see the graces of God working, but to me, I don't know why I can't like sum that up as that's the, that can also be the season of Lent. <laughs> How silly. Um, so it's still like a, a, a real place to grow in faith. Um, this like maturing of faith that Amy is talking about that it doesn't need to look like blank, you know, or like this person's Lent or whatever, like on the surface. Um, because... I don't know. It's just like, that's not a practical approach to, to all of these things. But I do still, even in saying all of those things, you still, I still wish like, there's a little regret of like, oh, did I just waste time? That little like question of like, mm, could I have done more? I was lazy. I didn't do this. And I wanted to, or I said I would. And I'm like, oh, I let other things get in the way. And so I think just continuing there's a, there's a lot of room to grow. You know, there's a lot of places to like, yeah, to mature. And I think to be a little more disciplined in, in, in like this, this working that, yeah, I want to not just talk about it, but I want to be able to like, actually, I can be practical because I actually do it. And right now it's still like this, this idea, um, of, well, if I did this, maybe then like Bible in a year, I wanted to catch up and let, did I? No. Where are we? I don't know. Probably day 49. That's, that's not where good. we are. What? That's good. We'll talk about that later. I don't, I don't know. That's good. <laughs> I don't know what day we're on, but we're not on day 49. <laughs> but yeah, so just a little, a little disappointed, to be honest, but it's okay. I think, yeah, like there's not that, okay, being intentional this next week. And again, I don't want to set myself up for failure, but like, you know, just this idea that it can be renewed and that's a real thing. Like we can try again every day and we can try again every week and there's still time. And even if like, again, tomorrow I wake up and I'm like, did it again, Victoria? No, you know, like I still have Thursday and Friday and all of Holy week. And if not, I still have the Easter vigil and that's where I'm going. And <laughs> you know, like there's Down still the time. Wire. Yeah. There's it. still time. Yeah. There's always time to come back and have like this. Yeah. Just, just presence. It's just presence. And I, yeah. It doesn't have to be this like life-changing encounter, but just this like real moment of being present with our Lord um, in this season and, and waiting. Amen. And because it is, I don't know, we try to divide it up and say that it's going to work like this. Even the church, okay, gives us seasons because it's practical and it's good for us to go through these seasons. But recognizing that like every day we live everything, you know, because it's God. So the whole Paschal mystery is we're experiencing it every day, so we don't know, right? It may not happen when the church says it's going to happen in this season mm -hmm. like this. So, um, I think I just wish it happened in like the dead of winter and it was dark all the time. 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is Lent. Yeah. So like Feels Lent and Advent maybe? Yeah, I think so. That would be really good. Mm, church made a mistake. Feels grungy in here. Like, Ur, you know, like, it's dark. It's too happy. Birds are chirping. Yeah. Sun's out. It was warm this winter. Mm. 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 How did I do this in Miami? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> in a warm environment. So good. So whether if you relate to relate to some of the things that we said, where you are <laughs> or nothing, wherever you are Just in, in this Lent, in this Lenten journey, uh, keep going. You know, keep going. And um, so now, next, we're just going to kind of enter into uh, stations eleven and twelve and offer you know some sort of reflection, um, just to continue our journey, recognizing that this is Jesus's journey. He really did this way of the cross um, to his crucifixion and death, but then also recognizing always that his story is our story, and then trying to see how we we also are on our own journey, um, and all of us are actually reflected on this with at the mass at the Sujin High School today. You know that we are all have our moments. We're all going to be face to face with with death, and there was this story of uh, uh, I met this guy from Canada, and he was robbed. In a blockbuster when he was younger. Oh my gosh. And he had a gun pointed to his head. Yeah, scary stuff. And it was that moment actually that led him to take his life more seriously. And then he ended up, you know, becoming part of this religious community and going to Ecuador and kind of giving his life as a missionary. But it all kind of stems from there because he was not prepared to die. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, um, I never want to be in a situation where I'm not prepared to die. And so that led him to then just, you know, go back to the sacraments. Not that it was perfect, but always just kind of keeping God at the center, uh, a life of service, a life of prayer. And then eventually that led him to find his vocation and all that kind of stuff. But it really struck me because it was a, just a powerful example, especially during Lent, of like Jesus face to face with his death. Um, but he was prepared. You know, he was always, always um, with the Father, doing the Father's will, a man of love, a man, of other, man for others, like always ready. So no matter what happened in his life, he was prepared. And I would love to be more like that. Yes. <laughs> more, <laughs> clean your room. I was like, wow, like God sent him yeah. to you, though. Yeah, That's beautiful. So, so it was good. Uh, anyways, as we continue through these stations, kind of walking with Jesus as he approaches. Um, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God of power and mercy, in love you sent your Son. That we, might, that we might be cleansed of sin and live with you forever. Bless us as we gather to reflect on his suffering and death, that we may learn from his example the way we should go. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Eleventh Station. Jesus promises his kingdom to the good thief. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we have received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The twelfth station. Jesus speaks to his mother and the disciple. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because, because by, by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there, whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. All right. So now some time for, for reflection. So if there's any word or phrase or anything that stuck out to you, any kind of reflection that you want to offer, let's hear it. So I had two separate short reflections um, that are based on two like separate phrases in the 11th station. So the first one is the, we have been condemned justly for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. And it was just kind of the deeper meaning of um, 
this sentence that, that the, the thief is uttering. So he's talking about Jesus who's condemned unjustly, but these criminals who have been condemned justly, and it made me reflect on because Jesus has been condemned unjustly, like we're never really able to say ever since then that we have been condemned justly or like we have received like the correct punishment or whatever for like what we've done. Um, because because of what Jesus has done, now we kind of, he's taken all this upon himself that we can do these different things, but as long as we come back to God, as long as we say like, we're sorry, like Jesus has taken all that upon himself in this unjust condemnation, in this unjust um, punishment. And now we get to receive the rewards from that. And so just kind of like this irony of these criminals who are being condemned justly, but now we also are like these types of criminals that come before Jesus and we can put all of our sins there. We can say all the things that we've done wrong and all the different ways that we didn't act and behave and speak and think the ways that we should have. But if we come before him, we receive like this unjust reward of being like, okay, you can come with me. You can come to heaven and you don't have to fear like this punishment, this just punishment for your, for your things that you've done for your behavior. Um, hopefully that made sense. Um, hard for me to explain. <laughs> but the then the second thought was the, um, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. And so when I was listening to the Bible in a year, um, the other day he was talking about a passage from Isaiah and Father Mike Schmitz was talking about these two different forms of like idolatry or false worship and talking about the classical sense that we think of, of putting things before God, putting other gods before God, or putting objects or people before God. But then this other way of false worship, of viewing God in a way that he isn't. So having this certain expectation of like, my God is this way. My God should have created things this way. He should act this way. He should do these things. But it isn't who God actually is. And it isn't us being open to who God is. And so it turns into this like false worship idolatry because it isn't who God actually is. And so that line kind of re reflected, um, like I reflected on that line of saying, you know, if you're the Messiah, this is how you should act. If you are God, this is how you should act. But to have this actual openness to receiving God as God is, even if it doesn't make sense to me. So when Amy, Amy and I did our like reflection yesterday in preparation and I loved both of those because I think the like condemned justly, that's like not, I've never like thought of it that way of, I don't know, you, there are things that you know and you just, you know them as they are. So like, okay, God died for our sins, but like, what does that really mean? You know? Um, and it's that, that like, that it's the moment of like, he took everything there. And so I love that you shared that. And then the, like, God is God is like accepting God, like for who he is. I guess it's the same thing that like we want right the same thought of like i want god just to accept me as i am and he does um but that we tend to put these like barriers on god of our expectations and we put god in a box for lack of better words um and yeah like that i mean it's like we want to go against our own free will like the free will gift that he gives us of like we're made totally in love and all of those things but that because he really loves us we really are free and he can just see it all and things operate in god's will and what he allows to happen but he's never going to reach in and be you know the puppet master of like why didn't god come save me well because god didn't save you like he's watching you know and like he can see the span of our entire life operating outside of time and like what a gift like what a cool gift and so i think that's just a really beautiful like check of reality of like how do i look at god and do i allow him to just like be the real god of my life and I guess the same thing, that same question of like, just if I want to be free, then this is also what free looks like, you know, that all of this is going to happen. And um, I guess the reason why I really loved like what you had shared is because of the way that I had read, um, read it in my own reflection was that like this, the first thief was so bitter that he died in bitterness. He is his choice that led him to the cross. Like he's there because again, like they're being condemned justly for the sentences that they received. Um, and so, yeah, like it, he's the one that's like acting out and being like, save me, Lord, because you're saying that you can, not because I believe. Um, and just, I think that 
the question I was asking myself is like, where do I allow bitterness to like bleed into my life where it's no one else's fault, but my own or like, it's just the way that I'm looking at it. And I don't just allow people to be people. I'm like, it's their fault. I'm like, actually, you can change your perspective a little too, you know? And so I, I love that we have like the, the contrast in the next thief. Um, that burst is like this wild response of like, mm, um, sir, excuse me. Um, no, that's not right. You know, like I love that boldness. Of course he didn't say it like that, but like, you know, where can I be bold in my life? Um, in little ways in prayer with people, not this moment, obviously, but like, can I see myself there as like, do I call out these things that are not true that people just say, you know, and do I just allow people to say those things or do I catch that in myself? And do I stop myself first? Again, this awareness of trying to grow there and be like, mm, no, that's not real, right? Like that's not how things actually are right now. That's not the reality that you're in. Um, so stop, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, being bold inside, but also out. And then, right, continuing with the good thief um, of just this like request, like Jesus, remember me when, like, when you go into your kingdom and first like that. I don't know, just that we get to sing those words, you know, and like the real truth of those words that this man is totally aware that like he deserves to be there on that cross. He actually is being condemned in that way that we never that we never are, but that there's like this last moment of hope and like that there's always hope until the last moment of our lives that there's like hope to come back to God and like he's waiting, like he's right there. And then instantly, like, he says that, he finishes, and Jesus replies, Amen, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise, which like Don Bosco won. Love that, that like Don Bosco used those words, so beautiful. But um, to follow, it's just that this beautiful like glimpse of heaven, like if our Lord, if Jesus called heaven paradise, and he's the creator of all things, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Like if the creator of the world is saying that heaven is paradise, and he created everything beautiful, like, what is it going to be, you know? And so this, like, little hope in a horrible moment, um, or a lot of hope in a horrible moment. Um, but yeah, but that Jesus gets to bring that good thief with him um, into the kingdom, you know? And that it also could have been both. It could have been both of them. You know, the other thief had a moment to be like, actually, you're right, rude of me. Maybe that happened. I really hope it did for him. Um, I hope he apologized and he was like, you're right. I deserve to be here and I'm sorry. And then maybe he also got to go to paradise that day, but it was a good one. Yeah. And beautiful. I relate to both those. Um, but especially when I guess I never thought about that idolatry of all the expectations you put on God, but you see it all the time, even here, you know, this is another instance of the prodigal son, you know, that prodigal son criminal went out, whatever, spent all the money. But then as soon as he got back, he could barely finish his sentence and his, and his father welcomed him home in, in a big embrace. And so we hear, see here that this thief doesn't have to jump through a lot of hoops. He doesn't have to go through a whole litany of things to, to make up for all his sentences. He, he says today, right? Today you will be with me in paradise. And so I just, I just find that so often it could make us bitter because people, we feel like people get off the easy way or they're not acting as we want them to act or we had to do all these things in our life. And like, I don't know. So all these expectations that we put on God, that we put on each other, that we put on ourselves, and it, it can become like a, a bit of an idolatry because we're creating God in our own image. We're creating other people in our own image when, when constantly Jesus is reminding us like how merciful he is and how beautiful God is and how good the father is and, and how we, we struggle to accept that. Like, we want almost like we want to be punished. Like we want to go through all these hoops and we want to um, feel bad about ourselves and we want to do all that kind of stuff. But, but really how, how beautiful it is to hear these words of like today you will be with me in paradise and how, um, yeah, we, we have to learn how to receive that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sometimes the hardest part is that we don't know how to receive how good our God is, like how merciful he is, how, much grace like how much is right there um it's almost too good to be true and it's hard for us to accept it's true and I think trying to to sit there and receive and that for me leads us into the next station because i was thinking about the about mary um and standing at the foot of the cross and 
over this past week in Ecuador, uh, we had a couple of people who were were not Catholic. Um, you know, they were Christian, uh, other, other denominations, and one was like really struggling with Mary because you know during the whole retreat, obviously we the whole trip, Mary is very present. I mean, we're Catholic; we're always praying the Rosary or saying like I don't know little prayers or songs, Mary, 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 and she really struggled, and uh, you know, so she had some questions for me. And I wasn't really able to answer so well. Like she asked about the Immaculate Conception and like why, what does that mean and all these kind of things. And it was hard for me to to respond at that moment. Uh, but it gave me a lot of food for thought to think about. And then thinking about Mary as the new Eve, right? We call her the new Eve and how uh, Mary, um, just like Eve, like walked with God for the whole time. Uh, Eve chose wrong, chose to take something for herself. Um, same with Adam. They kind of chose selfishly or pride or fear or whatever different things that they want to you want to say. But Mary, we see Mary here because um, the, the cross becomes the tree of life, right? So Mary now is standing at the tree of life um, ready to receive. Right? She, doesn't, uh, she doesn't grab. She doesn't take for herself. Like her whole life has been, I am the handmaid of the Lord. I'm here to receive. I'm here to do God's will. And so we just see somebody who is completely free and and ready to receive the goodness of God, even in that painful moment of looking at her son on the cross, like how how difficult, unimaginably painful that would have been. Um, but she was somebody who was willing to stand at the tree of life and and receive um, all that grace from God. And so I I kind of just see like how confusing it can be and how mysterious our God can be. Um, but a lot of times we just have to kind of stand and be willing to receive and not only not always understand how it's going to happen or why it's happening this way or this is not my expectation or i didn't expect it to happen like this or i don't want it to happen like this um, but with eyes of faith mary is really able to to stand there to receive and then she becomes the mother of all the living right eve is called mother of all the living but mary really becomes right because of grace the mother of all the living the mother of the church mother of god like how incredible that is um, so, yeah, beautiful. I don't know for me, a beautiful image to kind of sit with. I love the the connection because I think um, you're right. Like it's way easier to think like God is judging instead of God is merciful. And so then to put like to connect that into um, like the life of Mary because she wouldn't have like I think like the hangups that like we have. You know, um, I was having a conversation with Sister Christina on Friday. Our last Friday, um, at a Mary Help, and she was talking about we were talking about the SLR and and stuff like that. And I I like to hear how people you know want to like what they see and what we can incorporate and and stuff like that. And she was talking about Mary. She's like, I feel like we don't talk enough about her. And she's like, maybe you know we had a whole conversation about you know is Mary relatable, which is hard, you know, right? Um, you hear all the time, Mary's perfect, Mary's perfect. Um. And she had shared she's taking theology of the body classes. Hope she doesn't mind me sharing all these things. Sorry. Um, and um, she was sharing that in one of the sessions, um, they were talking about this. Okay, this idea of Mary is perfect. And not that she wasn't, but that because Mary was made without original sin, she doesn't have the personal hangups that exist in all of us. So the things that make us selfish when people ask us um, to do things, you know, or when people are like me, 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 or like when I'm like me, 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 you know, like, and we're like, can you help me with this? Or I need this. Like nothing is stopping her from going to the father. Um, there's nothing in her that's saying, well, I don't really have time for that. Or I don't really want to do that. Or I'm mad at you right now. Um, she just is the perfect like servant of the Lord. Um, and I don't want to, I want you to share what you had shared yesterday. <laughs> so can you jump in? <laughs> But before, like, I, I don't know if it's going to screw things up. But, oh, no, it's right on track. Don't worry. But the new Eve, because Eve was also created, right? I, that, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, let her, let her do it. Let her do it. She's going to do it. <laughs> that you. Tell it was right, so, so you good. Want me to talk about that too. Yeah, I okay, do. I'll try to remember. You don't have to do all the thing. I'm just saying. No, I just no, no, think no, it's beautiful because he just said new Eve. Like now it's perfect, and we have to do it. So when Vicky was sharing all this, it made me reflect more about my relationship with Mary and how. Even though, like, like I don't hold her higher than, than Jesus. I don't hold her higher than God. But because it says in the Bible, like, the different temptations of Jesus, 
I associate like, okay, Jesus gets tempted, but with Mary, like I never thought about the fact that like if Jesus got tempted, like Mary got tempted, but Mary just didn't sin. Mary chose, you know, the better part, (laughs) (laughs) quoting Jesus about a different Mary. Anyway, so, um, (laughs) so for me, like it was just this real realization that like I didn't view Mary as relatable as Jesus because in the Bible, like I actually have like a dialogue written down of like Jesus's battle with the devil of like the words that the devil would have spoken to him to be tempted. And I don't have that for Mary. But then we were talking about, you know, Eve, who is before original sin and her temptation and her choosing the wrong thing and then original sin coming into the world. So in the same way, like, okay, Eve existing before original sin being tempted, like Mary without original sin would still be tempted. Like that doesn't mean that Sin didn't exist for yeah, Mary. That the devil doesn't speak to you in these ways and try to, to pull you in these different ways. And so it made me really reflect that I kind of view Mary as unrelatable, that, like you were saying, mm-hmm. but f- for no reason. Like I, it just, it, I never had a deeper reflection about it to make me realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was helpful in a lot of ways. I think first that conversation, and I'm glad we were able to share together because of the way that Amy like broke it open more. Cause I was like, oh my gosh. Like, cause you do, you think like, okay, Mary's just perfect and sinless and whatever, but she just was presented with all the same things. But again, I think just the beauty of her life, um, she made choices also still made choices and died still in this beautiful state of grace, like without, without sin. And I just, you just don't think about those things because you don't get to read them, you know? Um, so I told Amy we should take a Mariology course. Definitely <laughs> not lead it. it. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to say it. No, definitely not. <laughs> we just need to take one. Um, but so anyways, but looking at this station, um, for me, instantly, I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus is on the cross. Okay, so all of us, we can like picture a crucifix and Jesus on the cross. And he stopped whatever he was doing. Ow, this hurts. I don't know. Whatever he was doing there, like in real agony. And he looked down at his mother and he was like, I have one more thing to do. And he like entrusted his mother to his friend, John. And both of them accepted this like, okay, new, new way forward of like, Mary still had a job to do. And John still had a job to do. And like Jesus made sure and he stopped all that he was doing in his suffering and looked down from the cross and was like, mom, (laughs) you're not alone. And John, neither are you. Okay. And like, how beautiful, like, what the heck? That's crazy. Like, literally stopped and looks down from the cross. And I think that's, you know, when we're in pain and Mary is watching her son die, her real son, like it's not just like found a baby and this is it. Like, no, this is her son that she's watching die. And just the real like heartbreak of all of what that means. Um, but that he's still taking care of her, you know, and like still he knew in that time he, she did need to be taken care of. Sure. She was a competent woman. Um, but like she needed that. You know, and just like the the new ministry of Mary, that everybody still had a job to do. Everyone still had a role to play among like uh, amidst his suffering. Um, and then I think like just like the not even the question. I know obviously we probably don't get the the entire dialogue. It's the summarized version, and we don't really know like what was said there. But that Mary, like just the magnitude of Mary's yes, that like has gone through her entire life. Um, you know, her first fiat and then every day she woke up as the mother of God and the stress of what that meant. Um, and then every day continued and continued and, and continued all the way until the very end. Um, like saying yes to God in, in all of the real life things that she had to deal with. Um, just amazing. Um, yeah. And I, you know, in, in that conversation with sister Christina, I was like, I don't really have this like when people are like, who has a devotion to Mary? I'm like, I talk to her sometimes. And I'm like, Mary, have Christians pray for us. And I mean it. I don't want it to be a kitschy thing. And I really mean it. But, you know, right now the focus has been, okay, friendship with Jesus. But that really, how much could I invite Mary into my life? Like the mother of Jesus that knows him really well and wants to be there and her real openness to the will of God. And like, what does that mean for each of our lives if we tried to to imitate those things? Um, yeah. So just a beautiful team. Yeah. Relatable queen. <laughs> she dared me to say it on here. <laughs> yeah, but it's so true. And I'm, you know, I'm one. I don't think everybody's on this, like some theologians, but whether Mary or not, Mary could have said no or not. 
right? And I'm a I'm a big believer that she could have said no. Mm-hmm. Like she was tempted. Yeah, yeah. Another like one. So too. Not that we need to go into it, but I really think that she was free. That she had she could have been tempted. She was tempted. She the devil's real. Um, so she could have said no, and and God would have had to continue to look for for somebody else. But isn't that it? Really, is possible, right? Because we don't know why God created us. We don't know the purpose of our life, right? Until we find it and we live our whole life and whatever. But she really could have said no. She was still a person. It's not yeah. that she was like this, like touched being. I mean, she yeah. was, but, I mean, but sometimes, like yeah. Sometimes we romanticize so much that we don't we don't think of these kind of things as as real. The temptations or what, what the real the real struggles. And we know that she was anxious. She was fearful. Right. The angel says, "Do not be afraid." At the age of twelve, when they when they lost Jesus, like she was anxious with the like, "Don't you know what you did to us?" Like we were looking everywhere for you. So we know that she, it's not just walking on water, like floating around like this heavenly being. She was a woman, a real woman, a mom, uh, a wife, like trying to figure out to provide and all these kind of things. So it was, yeah, just makes things more real. And, um, and then I think, yeah, more relatable. And then how as, as Salesians, she's our teacher, right? Uh, in the dream of age nine, John Bosco gets somebody who, to teach him, right? He, she's our teacher. And so teaching us how to say yes, teaching us how to to face temptation and say to say yes to God, you know? So I think there's so many ways that we can bring, that's a good reflection to bring, um, you know, we have many little moments of speaking about Mary on the retreat, but definitely probably could be, be more. A whole day, so. a whole Marian day. Mm-hmm. And trust everything to Mary Amen. on the vocations day. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, Amy. <laughs> uh, and then just quick reflection for me um, on the... The last phrase from that, the the disciple took her into his home. So kind of like what Vicky was sharing about how a lot of times like we can be very focused on friendship with Jesus or a relationship with God, bringing God into our everyday life. How can we incorporate that more so that it's not just I'm encountering him at moments at church or something like that. But this challenge of the disciple didn't go to Mary's house. Like the disciple brought Mary to his house, whatever it looked like in that moment, which maybe wasn't super awesome. Maybe it was crazy, hectic. Maybe he had left it, you know, in a certain state. But, you know, just then inviting not just God into these moments, but also trying to be more intentional about inviting Mary into my everyday so that I can encounter her in these moments outside of praying a rosary, outside of just saying you know, Mary, help of Christians pray for us outside of those moments, but actually in the everyday moment to be conscious that I have someone who wants to bring everything that I need before God, who's here to help, who is a mother to me, um, who has received me and I'm trying to receive her. So to incorporate that more realistically into my life. Um, and like, I, I have a statue, you know, of Mary in my house, but just like one not and again, I'm not obviously I'm I'm working on my relationship with Mary, but like one thing that I do, and hopefully this doesn't seem like blasphemous or something, but like <laughs> I have this very small statue of Mary, like a super tiny one that someone had gifted me. And because I'm married, so I have wedding ring. And when I'm doing something where like I really think my wedding ring could get messed up, I actually put it on the statue of Mary to hold and to kind of like actually be bringing that prayerfully, like hold my vocation, Mary. Like I'm entrusting this into your hands to like, to hold this for me, to help me be secure um, in this vocation. And so like, obviously in those moments, if I'm like staining wood or something like that, like it's not because, you know, a vocational crisis, but it's just like, those can be reminders for us to be like doing these little acts, but that have a greater meaning for like the bigger area of our life to like, have that intentional moment of prayer that will then spread to like other moments of the of the day. She also has a prayer card in my snack cabinet, so I see her a lot. <laughs> Get out of here, <laughs> Mary in the kitchen and Mary, <laughs> Mary in the marriage. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. Wonderful. How about a quick? What are our challenges? What are we going to do this week? Or not do this week. Or not do this week. <laughs> I'm not too. giving myself a real challenge, like a concrete challenge. Just I need time every day just to re-enter and like take time to think about and pray through what's going on, what happened to me these past three weeks. Cause a lot, a lot happened, so I just need time to like reflect. So my challenge for this week is just 
good preparation of uh, yeah, re-entering and kind of reflect on my past three or four weeks so that I can enter into enter into the treaty. Mine is to be bold, whatever that means. Amy walked me through that. I was like, that sounds silly. So she helped me make it more practical. Um, so just like little boldness. It doesn't need to look like the way that we imagine people being bold. And it certainly is probably not going to look like the good thief. Sir, what are you doing over there? Um, but yeah, I think just what I had talked about, that awareness, um, even in like internally of what I'm allowing to come out. And then, you know, yeah, just allowing boldness to, to live in my life for the next week. And then a yes day at Amy. She's so if you want something, attack. ask me that day. I'm kidding. Um, but just, I think, finding ways to say yes with a lot of meaning. Um, like a, a full yes, not just like, a, yeah, that's fine. But like, yes, that's what I want. That's what's good. That's what we're going to do. And for me, I'm going to work on like the praise form of prayer. I feel like I'm, I've always been very bad at that to just like glorify God to like speak out the truths about him in my prayer. I'm like, God, you already know that. Like, I'm not going to like sit here and say all those things, but like to really, you know, that reflection on the 11th station and, and idolatry and like who is God to actually like list the characteristics of God. God, you are good. You are merciful. So to do that each day, to have a moment where I'm actually just acknowledging who God is. And, you know, it, when we do things like that, like it's really for ourselves as humans to be reminded and to ingrain these things into ourselves. So it's not just like I'm trying to make God's ego bigger or something. <laughs> like it, it really is true humility of being like, God, this is who you are as God and this is who I am. Beautiful. That is beautiful. So good. So good. She's on fire. <laughs> this was a long episode. <laughs> we could finish in an hour. No, there's a, I made a mistake in here somewhere. Don't tell people. No one talks about it. There's, <laughs> there's no, mistakes. no mistake. We're perfect here. <laughs> I didn't say a word wrong. <laughs> All right. So let's finish with a little prayer. No? Beautiful reflections. Thank you for reflecting. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Lord, we thank you for this time. For this time to, to be together, to reflect on your word, and um, your story. And uh, we thank you for the different things that, that came up. A deeper love for your mother, and uh, just a deeper love for for our lives and the grace that you give us. So we thank you for for all that. We thank you for your patience with us, your mercy, uh, your goodness, and, and everything that you are and everything that you want us to be. So help us to receive that grace. Help us to keep going in spite of all the disappointment or frustrations or the ups and downs. Give us the grace we need to. To live every day well. So we thank you, we love you, we bless you. We say a little prayer to, to your mother, to our mother, to the mother of all the living, as we say, Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace. the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, help the Christians. Pray for us. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One more week, everybody. Woo! You got this. Thank you. Keep going. Yeah. Enjoy. You got this with God. Not alone. Not alone. Never alone. Never alone. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.